Blog Talk Radio. Episode number 272.7. Hi, welcome to the program. I am uh, one of your hosts, the aforementioned Steve Sampietro, a.k.a. Sampete. Welcome to the program. I'm going to be joined in a minute by my co-host, Brian Calnita Capino Caliente, Brian. And um, we are going to be sans the Bishop Pop Culture PJ tonight. He is not available. He is uh, hosting. He had the date, the night of the show wrong. So he's hosting some sort of, I don't know, there's probably like a fondue thing out. And he just said, we have people over. He didn't realize it. He texted us like 15 minutes ago and he said, we have people over. So I'm envisioning like robes and fondue and uh, lava lamps. It just sounds so sort of like a 70s cool get together. Um, So anyway, he's not here. I'm coming to you live from uh, Newtown, Pennsylvania. Cal will be joining us from Comac, New York. It's time for Writing in Love with Cal and Pete. Uh, it's a throwback night because we're going to talk about New York sports, whatever comes up. Uh, usually we do the fun load with pop culture PJ. He's not going to be here. So it's going to be uh, almost like on a throwback Thursday, like uh, how we did the show almost nine years ago, December 9th, 2007, six, six, seven, nine. It was eight years ago. It was December 9th, 2009. Uh, when we first did the show, Cal and I. And uh, the idea is to just talk about uh, sports, uh, specifically New York sports, without all the uh, the douchebaggery. There's a lot of uh, the talking sports heads that uh, bloviate, and uh, they think their opinions mean something. And we get passionate, for sure, but it's not religion or politics. We don't talk religion or politics. We never talk politics. And uh, we talked religion a little bit when Tim Tebow was around in town, and we had no choice. But we don't. We really don't. Um, it's just... Two guys hanging out who have known each other low these 35 years um, uh, and talk about sports as you would if you were going out to a bar and you're hanging out with your buddies and you were like watching a game and you were talking about like, oh, what's going on tonight? We're, we're going to talk about the Jets. We're going to talk about the Giants. We're going to talk about the Islanders. Uh, we're not going to mention the Rangers because we never would when we were out. Unless there was a Ranger fan there. There's no Ranger fan here. We may be able to mention them. And we're going to talk about the Yankees uh, and George Roddy. Uh, Joe Girardi and uh, the Mets uh, have a manager Yankees don't like all that stuff we're going to talk about so uh, let's get on with the program Kel that's the guy I should introduce him now this is his team. he is the yin to my yang the bacon to my lettuce and tomato when the Mutton is nice and lean. He's one of my best pals. He was just making pancakes for his kids. That's why he's a little late. That's not even a bit. 
That's not that's not even a send up. He was making pancakes. Ten thirty pancakes. Mr. Brian Calniva Calpino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm done with the How pancakes. pancakes. How the pancakes come they, out? Light and fluffy? Yeah, they came out good. But, you know, since I was on a tight time crunch, because I, I was told that I needed to make pancakes at, uh, you know, 10 minutes ago. Right. Got, they burnt a little bit. You know, I, put the, I had to put the grill on high so sure. that I could cook them quicker so that I could get here and do this with you. So it's not your best pancake effort, you feel like? It's the best pancakes I've had to make in eight minutes. <laughs> at 10.30 at night. At 10.30 at night. Right. Now, let me ask a question. Which of the, uh, the children was asking for pancakes at 10.30 at night? The, uh, the, the 11-year-old. The younger one. The younger one wanted, she wanted pancakes for dinner. She said she didn't have dinner because she went to dance tonight. Right. And she's been home from dance for about an hour and a half and just realized <laughs> that she had, hadn't had dinner. So. Dad We're, of the year. We're all good. It's, it's, all, it's, it's all under control here. These are the kind of things you do late in the year when dad of the year is on the line. This is the kind of stuff well, you do. Listen, I'm making a late push. <laughs> We're at the zero hour here. This is the kind of thing that you do. Yeah, that's right. Well, we'll see what we could do. But uh, how, how well, are you? How, how are you doing? I'm good. I heard your opening. You sounded great. We haven't done this in a couple of weeks. Right. You haven't missed a beat. It was Thanks. perfect. I didn't realize that I hadn't put my mic on. So I well, did. A, I don't think I anybody realized that. I did a yeah, whole no. opening. Yeah, well, you, well, you did it twice, and, the, and the, the time that you did it the second, the second time was great. Yeah, take two. I feel like I got it. Worked out the kinks. Everything was good. I felt like a little bit like Clooney on the first one. Did I rush it? I feel like I rushed it. <laughs> and every once in a while, you get to take the house. Um, so you're on a landline tonight. You're one of the, uh, the last seven people in America with a landline. I know. It's, it's cordless, at least. It is cordless, and I feel like, uh, does it have a headset jack? That's what I'm looking for. That would be hot action if it had a headset jack, for sure. <laughs> I am doing good, buddy. I had a, um, I had a, so two things I want to I say real quick, and then we'll jump into the sports. Hey, listen, do, do, do I have to take it off speaker? No, you sound great. Oh, good. Because when you call into a radio station, you get yelled at a lot if you're on speaker. You sound Take it off speaker. Take it off speaker. Take it off speaker. Off speaker. Off speaker. Trish Speaker. Um, I grew up around the corner from Speaker Street in the baseball section of Comac. That's right. Still exists. Yes, and I was uh, obviously born to love baseball. I was actually born into uh, the baseball street names in uh, my little hometown there. You sure were. Except my street was not a baseball player's name. No, you you had the one street in the middle of all of the baseball streets. Correct. Old Indian Head Road. Mm-hmm. And I was surrounded by Ruth, Gehrig, Wayner. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaker. Fox is over there. Fox. Johnson. Yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Ott. Um, so Ott. There is Ott. It's a little, that's a little tiny street. Very small. Yes. Like he was. Diminutive. 
I don't know that for sure. <laughs> Melot might have been a giant. I have no idea. No way of knowing that. Um, so here's a little story. I, I have to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. So <laughs> Casey, uh, my youngest guy. So for those of you who haven't listened to the program, I struggle daily. I moved to Pennsylvania about two and a half years ago uh, from uh, Queens, New York. Uh, lifelong New Yorker. Uh, love my New York sports teams. I, uh, it's a daily struggle here outside of Philadelphia to keep my children um, engaged and indoctrinated with the New York sports teams that I follow. So we got into this in the car tonight. Uh, Casey, uh, the little guy, four-year-old, really likes the Eagles. And he's getting like a real strong Eagle push at school. Now, Wesley Ooh. went to the same school. Wesley was able to fend it off. Casey is succumbing to the, to the Eagle thing. Well, I, th- I feel like he has the misfortune of going to school while the Eagles are 8-1. That's exactly it. Right? That's exactly it. And that's, and that's the difference. So Wesley went to school. The Jets weren't good, but neither were the Eagles. Right? Now everybody's got Eagles fever. The Mets and the Islanders, I've, they're, they're good. They're indoctrinated. But the nice thing is with the Eagles is that I don't care if that's their second favorite team at all. They can totally have them. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it. So as long as there's still rooting interest in the Jets, it always comes down to, the conversation always comes down to, Casey, if the Jets and the Eagles are playing on <laughs> Sunday, we're rooting for the Jets. Otherwise, you can root for the Eagles. Right. Right? So in the car tonight, we were, uh, I headed over to the mall, Cal, took the boys to the mall, because I wanted to try on one of the new Adidas hockey hats, right? Because I wanted to buy this new Islander hat, and Adidas makes this flex fit hat. It's small, medium, large, extra large. Don't know what the sizes were going to be. Don't want to just order it online. Went to the mall, went to Lids, tried on the Flyers one. Not going to buy. Told the young man I'm not going to buy. I got a couple of things on this when you're done, but go on just to try it on and see which size I needed, came home, ordered the Islanders hat that I wanted. Right. So I took the boys to the mall. Hey, fellas, uh, we're probably going to get dinner here maybe. Uh, what did you guys have for lunch today? Casey, you had spaghetti. I know I packed that for you. Yes. Wesley, what did you have? I had a meatball sub. Uh, what did you have? And a meatball oh. sub. I was like, she had a meatball hero. Daddy, they say sub here. I say sub. I said, listen, Whoa. we don't have to do this. Let's not get crazy. It's okay. Now, now you say when he called it a meatball sub, did the music scratch and did plates yeah. drop in the background? And Beetle off the record. A ladies gasp. <laughs> right. I didn't even know we had a cat. <laughs> so I said, uh, I said, listen, I, and he got real serious in the car. Like, we were parked about to walk in, and I, like, turned the engine off and, like, did the turnaround serious talk to the boys moment. <laughs> I'm like, guys, you, you guys were born in New York. I'm from New York. Uh, um, you know, I know that you like that you're from New York. You say it a lot and stuff like that, you know, that kind of thing. These are little things that are going to come up. There are little differences between where – you were born and where we live now. I don't mind them. It's okay. You want to say sub, you can say sub. There are really only three things 
that I'm going to ask of you as a father, your father. And that is the Mets, the Islanders, and the Jets. And so now they're listening. They're they're enraptured. And Casey goes, and the Eagles. And I'm like, Casey, just hear me out. Those are the New York things that are very important to me, to Daddy, that you take with you. Because I love those teams, and I want you guys to love those teams so we can always enjoy those teams together. You want to say meatball sub, you say meatball sub. Daddy's going to say hero. Daddy's going to say cold cuts. You know, he's going to say those things. You can say what you want. So, okay. What you can't say is let's go Phillies. What you can't say, let's go Flyers. And they get it. And Wesley goes, what about basketball? (laughs) He literally said, can I have the 76ers? And I said, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can have the 76ers. You allowed that. I will uh, absolutely allow that. And also Villanova. They love Villanova because my buddy Dave, my Newtown friend Dave, We'll call him right. Newtown, Dave. From the next town over? Yeah, from the, that's right. <laughs> right by New Hope. Um, right. Newtown Dave loves the, uh, went to Villanova. Uh, and, and so he's a big Villanova guy. His kids wear all the Villanova gear. He's huge into Villanova basketball. His dad went to Villanova. His mom went to Villanova. His wife went to Villanova. Huge Villanova family. Sure, you guys can have it. But listen to me and listen to me clearly. <laughs> So they got it. So we had that conversation in the car and we came to the conclusion. Also, the Eagles can be their second favorite football team. Wesley said, what about the giants? I said, you're not, you're not seeming to understand what I'm saying here. Cannot be the giants as your second favorite team. What about the Eagles? You can have the Eagles. The Eagles can be your second favorite team. What can't be your second favorite team are the Phillies and the Flyers that I cannot stand. And the Yankees. Correct. Oh, but that's not part of the. Yeah, see, that's why I'm curious as to why the Giants were brought up. How do they know the Giants? Because Wesley's a bit of a wise ass. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, Wesley's sticking the needle in there. He knows. He knows what the answer Mm. to that question is. So, anyway, (laughs) I I thought I'd relay that information to you. We got that clear. And then we went into the mall, and there's a new store in that mall called Dynasty Sports. It's a pretty cool store. Give them a little plug. It's a great store. And they have athletes in there all the time for signings and stuff. Philadelphia athletes, obviously. Sure. But they have a lot of other team stuff. And so we had just had this talk. We walked into Dynasty Sports and my kids are going, look, they got a Jets banner. Look at the Mets helmet. Look at the, you know, they got an Islanders one. They got a, and this guy behind the counter is like, who are these people? That just walked into my store, like, picking up everything Jets, Mets, and Islanders in the store. <laughs> we, bought an Island, we bought a Jets bumper sticker. I did not have one for my car. Oh, good. So the guy at the counter, I'm, he's ringing me up, and my kids are, like, putting on Mets socks. Because the guy's got everything there. He's got a bunch of Philadelphia memorabilia, but he's got a lot of stuff in there. And he goes, uh, you're not a fan of any of the, uh, the Philadelphia teams, I feel like. I'm like, get that. Yeah, we're not, not, no. <laughs> and so the button on the story is, I told the guy, 
but we've allowed them to have the Eagles as their second favorite team. <laughs> so he's like, oh, well, it's we're so having generous. Like, yeah, we're having Fletcher Cox in here or something like that, and like you know, you bring him in. I said the last thing I'm going to do is bring in these kids to meet Eagle players. That'll be the end of it. Right. Like, they'll never watch a Jet game again. <laughs> so anyway, that's how I'm doing. Well, good. Remind right, so two me things. Two things. Two things about the hat store before you go on. Yes. And just right, remind me. Put, put put a pin in. And just remember these words. Casey, Mets helmet, show and tell. That's the other story I have to tell you later. All right. Casey brings a Met helmet, little mini Met helmet that you get ice cream in, for H week for show and tell. Just, just I'll tell you the story. Well, just go. Let's no, no, go no, we're with teasing. That. We're teasing. We're teasing. When we talk about the Mets and Yankees later, we'll talk about it. Oh. Okay, so two things about the hat store. Yeah, the first thing is I feel like in the year 2017 that we're in. Can you please say that like Conan O'Brien when he used to do the sketch? <laughs> Remember that? That's what I'm talking about. You're talking about? Okay, so in the year 2017, go as well. I feel like. There should be technology which allows you, right, to virtually try on a hat from your own home, in front of your own computer screen. You know, you get your, the, the dimensions of your head can be measured by some sort of camera, takes a picture of you, and then it goes to, and I'm going to stop right there because maybe we're on to something. Maybe right. Maybe we should stop talking about it on this widely listened to podcast. You never know who's listening because I because if I see a website <laughs> which allows you to virtually try on hats within the next month, and by I'm the way, gonna, that's going to go the way of my idea of individual iced tea packets. Correct. That was you. That was me, and and a bowl that also doubles as a colander. Give me a year on that, on the iced tea packets. The iced tea packets was, I want to say, we were just out of high school, 92, 93. Early 90s. Early 90s. The crystal light people, those bastards. And, you know, like as a nine, an unmotivated 19-year-old, what the hell am I going to like? <laughs> oh, you know what they should do? They should put these in individual packets. Bah. And then move right. on. Right. Big iced tea got to you, buddy. Yeah, so that's the first. That's my first question. Well, it's not a question; it's more of a, a comment. And may I comment on your comment, counselor? Please. Tried to measure my head to avoid this trip to the mall with the side guide that they that they yes with a tape measure with like a tailor you know a. Oh. It? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like the the right. like the. The inches Not and the, the one that could the... snap back and like slice your head up. That's right. No, but the one that right. comes in your in your little tailor kit. Your little right uh, in the tailor kit. In this in the tailor kit. Yeah, that's what. And everybody everybody's got a tailor kit. Sometimes they call it a sewing kit, though. I think more commonly. Yeah, I prefer tailor kit. Sounds much yeah, more sophisticated. After Roger Taylor from Duran Duran. Right. They named it after him. 
Right, and Mick not Taylor. Not Andy Taylor, not his brother. <laughs> not Andy Taylor. He had nothing no. to do with it. No, just Roger. Nothing to do with it. He was a layabout with no good ideas. <laughs> so that um, was my first comment. I tried to measure it in inches, circumference, inches around, and yeah. I get back to the Adidas sizing chart, and it's not in inches. It's in like seven and a quarter. Oh, I'm like, how am I going to convert this to that? And 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 they they have sizing charts. They're all useless. They're useless. Yeah, because everybody's hat is is made differently. Everybody made. There's the flex fit and the flex uh, X Y Z fit, and then the the double back Z double X reverse cross twenty. That sounds like a boomer size and saying a play <laughs> zebra slant go on pattern. Like it's ridiculous. It did. It was the only way to go and make sure I got the right hat was to go try that hat on. Okay, which leads me to number two. Yes. You were very clear to the salesperson you were only there to try on the hat. Correct. I told him exactly what it was for sizing purposes. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I know. I I totally get that. And I'm I'm fairly confident. Knowing you for as many years as I do, you like you like to keep a neat appearance. You're well groomed. Handsome is all heck. Well, that's but, objective, but I or subjective. No, it's, it, that's a fact, actually. It's but one, it's one of the two. <laughs> you're wearing a hat. You're putting a hat on your head in a store that you have no intention of buying. Correct. All right. Somebody's going to buy that hat. That's right. Somebody may have been in before you to try that hat on. That's right. That's the risk you take. Isn't there a better way to 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 do this this? Yeah, virtual hat, hat trying oning. No, but but until that until that exists, shouldn't they have a, a section where it, like these are the hats that you try on? It's a great call. You know, and like. You'll try the hat on. You'll do what you got to do. You'll take it off. And much like a bowling alley sprays the shoes once one user uses them. Sure. Keep them fresh for the next user. Couldn't they spray a hat? Now, I do have something on this. I believe they actually do that. Do they? So if he sees me come in, I try on that filthy flyer's hat that I would never purchase. Um, but it was the same model of the one that I wanted. Right. He saw me try it on. I think after I leave, he sprays that down. You, but you have no way of knowing that. I have no way of knowing that, but I actually, no joke. I do think that's the protocol in no. those stores because it could just for legal, uh, uh, ramifications. Well, that's where I'm, I mean, Yeah. Like like some because they have that kind of spray or whatever. I have to use it for the boys for little league when I coach little league. All right for their helmets. I have to spray all the helmets down when I get them. All right. Well, um, I would I would I would hope that that's something that occurs. I've seen people try hats on at my local sporting goods store. I'm not going to use a brand yeah. name. Don't want to out yeah. them. And I don't see a spray in in sight. Yeah. You know so, what somebody brought up? To, it's a great point. I, but I believe that's actually the protocol. Whether they're doing it or not is a different story. 
I don't know. Whether you can whether you can trust that that person to do it or not. So somebody brought up Herman's to me yesterday. Remember Herman's? Herman's, yeah. That was the sporting goods store for us. That was our sporting goods store. Guy, Remember was, you got Herman's? Yeah. That there was, was like one in Sears, right? In the Sears Mall? No. Um, I'm pretty sure. I don't remember if Smith it was Haven Sears definitely. or Walt Whitman or... Smith Haven definitely had one. Yeah, but I mean, it was like, that was like Toys R Us to us. Oh. God, to go to Herman's. Oh, loved it. Loved yep. it. Um, they jerseys, okay, so they had jerseys, they had everything, they had the, the hockey, like the street hockey equipment, that's where I got my Milek pads, like... Sure. Tremendous. All right, let's get into it. 32 minutes. Sports. In. Good job, everybody. This was sports-related, though. It was completely sports-related. And, uh, and also, uh, pretty funny that Casey continues to bring up the Eagles. It's almost like he's saying, like, yeah, yeah, I got the Mets and the Islanders. We're good. I just why can't I have the Eagles? Listen, buddy, I don't care. I don't care what, what you have you to go through. I guess I don't understand where that came. Like, did it, did it, was it at school? Yes. Oh, there's strong pushes at school. And also, keep in mind, I don't watch the Jets a lot. Or with them, at least. With them. Like, watching the Jets with them is not an event. Watching the Mets and the Islanders is a nightly event. Right. Where it's, hey, guys, Mets game tonight. Hey, guys, Isles game tonight. Mm-hmm. It's a nightly, it's a, it's a thing. It's very rarely, maybe first game of the season, uh, for the Jets, like, hey, guys, Jets game Sunday, because we're usually doing something. Right. And then, like, I sneak it in later, and it's just right. me time, like, watching it on my own. Now, Wesley started to watch a little bit with me with the Jets and get into them this season. Mm-hmm. And not surprisingly, he's not buying into the Eagles uh, bandwagon. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> you know? But I, I'll, you know what? I'll even – as long as the Jets are there and they like the Jets, that's fine. It's just the Mets and the Islanders. I can't. I can't have it. I can't. I gotta have those tough. two teams. I gotta That'd have those two teams. Okay, so let's get into uh, to A block, shall we? Sure. This is our uh, segment. He's a hard scrabble sports talk host. He's one also. Ready to unload. Balance empty. That music's great. It's really, really. That is good. <laughs> I think he did that too. I think PJ did that. He must I don't have. think that's. Yeah, I don't think that's. That's Cam. That's music. not an actual song. No, I, well, yeah, well, it's it, not an existing song. I think PJ wrote that. Right. Um, okay, I want to start with football tonight. Okay. Are you ready for some football? Who isn't? Uh, a lot the of Giants. <laughs> the Giants. <laughs> and the also Giants. a lot of, I guess a lot of people, I want to put that, put a button in that, Cal. Let's talk about that third. We got a lot okay, of buttons we're putting into things tonight. But let's talk about the Jets and the Giants first, and then let's talk about uh, NFL fans watching. Okay? All right. And, and this, this idea of um, the ratings down and blah, blah, blah. 
Okay, so let's just start with the Jets. This is easy. Okay, the Jets uh, travel to Tampa Bay this weekend to take on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Speaking of douchebags. And uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with a suspended Wait. Mike Evans. A Wait, hold on, hold on. Just jerk. When were you speaking of them? I said at the top of the show that most sports talk radio hosts uh, tend to be douchebags. All right, so now, just as a really, really quick aside, Actually, maybe like even, 30 seconds. I didn't even call them douchebags. I said just douchebaggery. Right, right. Just really quick. Is there a statute of limitations on when you can say speaking of? Like, yeah, that was 30 know. minutes ago. In a podcast? Yeah, it's probably 30 minutes. And just in general, that was 30 minutes ago. You, we, you've spoken of so many other things in the last 30 minutes. It's very fair. All right, counselor, I'll allow it. I'm just curious. <laughs> no, no, that's a great point. Uh, I'll just out and out say it. He's a douchebag. <laughs> we talked about it a while ago. I don't know if anybody remembers. Um, no, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick, did you see the stuff he said, too, about how hard last year? Oh, it was so hard when he made $12 million. I saw that. So he hard. Called, he, he called this ironic. And I don't know if this is the correct use of irony. <laughs> right. Call and this guy went to Harvard. Thing. Yes. Well, are you sure? Because I had not heard that before. Yeah. Oh, you know, you didn't know he, he went to Harvard? This uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is a Harvard graduate? I did not know that. New yeah. information. Yeah, very this intelligent. New information. I, I don't think he used this, the word irony right in this situation. I don't think no. this is I- ironic at all. Nope, it's not ironic. It's like rain on your wedding day. That's not ironic. That's just bad luck. It's bad luck. Well, this isn't bad luck. It's just a circumstance that's happened. Yeah. But what comedian was that? That was that was talking about Alanis Morissette and that song, and he said, "That's not that's not ironic. That's just bad effing luck." I don't remember. Uh, It was it was a bit from 800 years ago, like the song. Um. They travel down to Tampa Bay. They take on the Buccaneers. Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting for Jameis Winston. Mike Evans is suspended for the craziness with Marshall yes. Lattimore last week. Um, yep. The Bucs are reeling at 2-6. and six. They are not a good football team. I yep. dare say. Yep, go ahead. The Jets should win this game. But I won't say that. I will say this. Because the Jets are not talented enough to say they should win any game. Maybe if they were playing the 49ers, like the Giants are this week, maybe you could say the Jets should win this game. Or the Browns, when they played the Browns. Jets should win this game. This team, the Jets could win this game. I could very easily see the Jets winning this game. Should they? No. But they should be able to run the ball well enough. Josh McCown should be able to make enough plays through the air. Tampa Bay is a scrambling, reeling team playing a error-prone quarterback that if they put pressure on, we know pretty well we'll, we'll throw an interception. The Jets have historically, over Ryan Fitzpatrick's career, regardless of who the coach was, played him very well. Right. Because eh, the secret's out that he's a one-read quarterback. It's not, not a big secret. How amazing is it? So two things. One, McCown versus Fitzpatrick. How amazing is it how much easier 
Ryan or uh, Josh McCown is to root for than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because it's so staggering to me. It's staggering. It's, yeah, I wasn't, and I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't prepared to be able to root. Like, I was sort of expecting a little bit of the same with McCown that we had. Now, obviously, he, McCown was clearly not the, the jerk that Fitzpatrick was. Right. So it was like, all right, he's, he's, he's at least he's not unlike, at least he's not unlikable. Right? I said that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's not unlikable. Absolutely. He stinks. He's terrible. I don't expect anything out of him, but he's, yeah, he's at least tolerable as a person. But he's also had a very nice first half of the season. Very good. And he seems to be doing everything the right way within the team. Yeah, that Miami game, you, you can put a lot of that on, on him because that was, you know, that was yeah, classic again, McCown. He's not, a great, he's not a great NFL quarterback, but he's been confident. No, he's not, but he's, 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 he's I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting to, to root for him as much as I have. Yes, and I'm finding when I'm watching the games, now, uh, granted, I did not watch the Dolphin game. That's the only game I didn't watch. Um, and I didn't get, catch it on DVR. I watched a little bit of the last half, and I just didn't get to see it. Um, he's easy to root for in-game. Like, I kind of trust him in-game way more than I trusted Fitzpatrick. To, right. to get blocking assignments set. To He's not a one-read quarterback. He's not. Nope. To make solid decisions. To... Uh, uh, you know, just do kind of be just a competent quarterback with a very young team, very young team. That's all they needed this year. Right. And also he's under no illusions. He's the long-term answer for the team. He knows he's not. Right. He's making the best of, that's it. He's making the best of this year. I'm right. 38. I have a chance to play in the league. I have a chance to start. I have these two young kids behind me. I'm going to make the absolute best of it. It's not about getting a contract for next year. Or it, Fitzpatrick came here, and once he had the starting job and started playing well, it became all about next year. Right. And being the right. starter and taking over the team and blah, blah, blah. McCown's done none of that. He knows who he is and what he is. He knows what this season is. He knows it's a bridge season. He knows at best he's going to be behind a young, maybe back with the Jets, he's going to be behind a young quarterback. So it's, it's just been delightful, which leads me to my second question. If they get to five and five with six games to play, where are you on the playoffs? Like rooting for the – no, I'm not talking about them making the playoffs. I'm talking about rooting for that. They would realistically right. have to go four and two at worst to have a shot down the stretch, and they still play the Chiefs and the Patriots. Are you, I, I mean, can you envision that? No. No, 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 not them going four and two. Can you envision starting to invest in the games on a weekly basis with that in mind? No. Okay. Why not? I can't get past this week. No, I mean, but I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to take the leap and you're, say they get to five and five. 
I know you you're playing the hypothetical game here. I I feel like, and you're drinking from a jet straw as we're having this conversation. I am. I'm I'm, I'm teeth whitening. So. <laughs> I saw the little helmet. <laughs> yeah. Great, right. right? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just the image of you getting all excited about the Jets in the playoffs and then taking a sip from a jet straw. Yeah. With a little helmet on it. With a little helmet. Well, that's, that's the jet part of it. I just, you have you not learned anything? No, I'm not. No, I knew you were going to do this. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm asking. No, I know you you're to... not. I know you're not, but you're even to even think about it. Yes, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about it for one reason. I'll tell you why. Tell me why. Because this season was supposed to be 0-16 and tank. And that's what everybody was preparing for. That's what everybody was getting. They were going to be awful. They were going to be that's a right. three-win team. You were told how you were supposed to watch this team. You're supposed to be rooting for losses. You're supposed to be pissed off when they win. We've been told over and over. So I'm taking that leap for that very specific reason that the season ha- – what if the season goes that way? Right. And all of a sudden the playoffs are a possibility. Can you possibly at 5-5 five and five still say, oh, I want them to lose out? You can't. You can't. As I, I, well, you can if you like. I can't. Can you say that now even at 4-5? and five? Yes, because they have to win this week. Why? Because if they, they they're they're four and five. If they were five and four, I could absolutely say it. They're four and five. They lose this week, they could easily go four and twelve. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like to, to me, getting to five hundred before the bye is the difference between we can talk about trying to make the playoffs or we can talk about. Here's we got the six losses. Here's where the slide happens. We're not one more loss, and we're not going to make the playoffs. And now it's time to play the young quarterback. And I mean, you're you're right there. Okay. That six that sixth loss to me, unless it comes when they're nine and five, is 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 like the end of it. It yeah. kind of is. See, for me, I went the other way. The fourth win was like, you know, they're not going to get a top five pick anymore. You know, they're not going to lose every game. So why why continue to root for them to lose? Well, we were never rooting for them to lose. Right. I, I, I misspoke. Not root for them to lose, but be okay if they lost. And if they wind yeah. up 2-14 two and, two and 14 and they can rebuild and grab a quarterback, that's great. But when they went on that three-game winning streak. Right. I, and it wasn't even the fourth win. I, I would say the three-game winning streak changed everything for me for the season. Right. It was They were playing hard. They were playing well. They were successful. They had a little The younger jump. players are coming up. You're seeing, like, a core on the defense. Like, Darren yeah. Lee started to play well. And Jamal Adams is a player. And Marcus May is a stud. And, like, you're seeing, you know, Janoris Jenkins start to make plays. And you're seeing – uh, Robbie Anderson make plays. Austin Safarian Jenkins. You're seeing young core guy. You're seeing uh, Wesley Johnson at the center do a good job, do a solid job. Like you're seeing young, good players 
play well, that's like actually a core and Bowles not being completely incompetent during that three game winning streak. And so I, I, okay. So you flipped at win four, like win four. You're like, I really, I really flipped at win three. At win three. Right. Cause they had won three in a row at that point. Now who, who was the first, what was the first game they won after the Raiders game? Week three. Who did they beat? I can't remember. Dolphins. It was the right? Dolphins. That's right. They beat the Dolphins in week three. And don't you remember how angry everybody was when they won that yes. game? Yes. Good call. Yep. Because they Super came good. off of the Raider. They came off of that Raiders game. And that was a yep. game that they could have had tied going into the half, and they blew the punt. And, well, and they, they would have had the lead. They would have the lead going into the half. They could, well, have, they could the have the lead. I mean, they still would have had yeah. to go and score, but right. But and and then they got their they got the doors blown out in the second half in that game, and then right. they were zero and two, and it was just at that point it was completely headed towards zero and sixteen, one and fifteen, yeah. and re, you know tank don't win again, and then they went out and they beat the Dolphins the next week, and everybody and, like, got upset. Abused them. They, like, abused the Dolphins. Like, what are you doing? You're screwing us up. Even the Jets can't tank right. And they screwed right. it up. Right? That's right. And then they won another one. They beat and then the they Jaguars, won another one. could be huge. That's a tiebreaker. And, yeah, I know. So they got the three and two. And they were, that was three and two heading into the Patriots game. Right? Right. And then they should have won the Patriots game. <laughs> Could have won the Patriots game too, but and then the effort in the Patriots game, and then they lost. That's that was the Patriots game was really for me. It was like, all right, what am I doing here? I, I'm I'm going to root for them the rest of the way, and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but I know they're not going to get a number one pick at this point. The right. way that and the, the, the 49ers and the Browns I love are playing. The effort that I'm seeing, right? And you love the effort that you're seeing. Right, and they were fun to watch. They were easy to root for, and that's yep. that's sort of what changed. So where I am at right now is heading into the Tampa game. I'm, I am very much a week-to-week, in-the-moment kind of, and this is something I'm never in any of my fan no. experience. I'm doing this. This is the first time I'm, I'm doing this with the Jets, is let's see what happens this week. And I'm not looking past this week. And I'm not thinking, well, if they win this week, and they're 5-5, five and five, right. and maybe they can have a little run. And I can't even, I can't even get to that point. Okay. Because that's how I'm dealing with this season. Because it's such a weird season. Exactly. And you answered my question without even having to go past the hypothetical of them winning this week. And that is, you, like me, are already off the, the idea of like not being upset if they lose. Like right. I'm upset if they lose now. If they lose on Sunday, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be upset. Yeah, it bothers me when they lose. It's going to be like a regular season again. <laughs> yeah, right. Like but, a normal football season again. Yeah, but you know what? It's a season that you never expected to get. Right? No, exactly. But that's what that's what I was talking about. Like, if you could make the leap to the hypothetical of them winning on Sunday and getting to five and five, my question was solely about, and they're a very likable team. You're right. My question was about, do they become must-watch TV? Do they become right, so they get, so if they Sunday. beat Tampa this week, right, and then they, and then they come out, then they come out of the bye, and who do they play? The Panthers. They're home. I'm going to the watch Panthers. that game. They're home to the Panthers. You're going to watch that game live, right? 
I'm absolutely going to watch that game. Thanksgiving weekend. That's a that's a that's if they can win this game, I'm I'm in on that Sunday at one o'clock. I am in with the boys. Like we're watching the game. I'll watch that game. I don't live. I don't know. I can't. I mean that. I I cannot. Right. I, I mean, we can never be yeah, right. <laughs> I I I'm at a place in my life where I cannot commit. To a live sporting event ever. But would you DVR and not get a score on that? Yeah, I think I would. That's a, I think that's that one a I new would. level. Like, right? Like, that's the raised level. Like, the DVR not getting a score is a raised level. You know, I did that with the, I did that with the Patriots game. I DVR'd it, and I did not get a score. And, that's, and that was week five. So, that was, so, that, so I guess I was in even before that game. You're already at, like, DEFCON 3, right? Yeah, I guess so. All right. I, that's all I wanted to ask. Uh, let me – one quick thing from what you've seen first nine games. Yeah. How much do you, how much do you like Jamal Adams? Holy shit. Love goodness. him. He's really good. He's, you know, he's making, he's making mistakes that you would expect a rookie to make. Yeah. And that's fine. You know, and he's having trouble – Eh, he's having trouble with some of the bigger, bigger name players. Like he had trouble with Gronkowski, and that's that's okay. Everybody does. Yeah, everybody that, does. That penalty, was, that penalty was complete BS. Well, that, that yeah, that was silly. But I, 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 I really like him. Yes, I, I really like him. I think he's embracing his role on the team as a like. I don't know if you can call him a leader yet. I think you can. Yeah, already. The beat guys are saying it. Yeah, well, I mean that's that's what he's gonna be. You that know? dancing thing, by the way. Yeah. The Jets dance to anything, which is a great meme, and it was fun. And like, hey, the Jets aren't the butt of a joke. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, like even the even the the memes that everybody made with like different musics and stuff like that. It, I didn't get the feeling they were the joke. I got the feeling it was awesome. No, I thought people got a kick out of it. Yeah, like everybody was like, "Oh, you can put them, you can put them dancing to anything. This is so cool." And they and they did, and it was great. Yeah, it was it was awesome. But that was him. That's Adam. Yeah, I know. Yeah, getting those guys dancing like that because they did that at LSU. Oh, is that where that came from? Right. So that's oh, okay. A, so that's an Adams thing. All right. Which is I love it. See them get and they like and you see uh um. What do you call it? Leo, uh, you know, uh, uh, Williams, like, pushing uh, Mo Wilk and, like, getting him to dance. Like, come on, let's go. Yeah. And then Janoris Jenkins had, like, a really funny tweet about it, like, how how he uh, he realized he was not he was the only guy not dancing, and he was, like, he felt bad or whatever. Like, he was, like, the dad <laughs> walking in on everybody dancing. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. Team's fun. Now, let's go across town. Or across the parking lot, as it were. It's not even across town, right? Yeah, it's not even across town. Uh, the Giants, uh, have you... We've seen giant disarray. Yes. But never in an age of Twitter and social media. Like, well, we no, that seen... would be the last 10 years, and they've been wildly successful those 10 years. Right. We've only seen this level of disarray around the Giants in the Ray Hanley era. I mean, this is this is this is crazy, Cal. 
I think that's what we we've only seen that those two years with Ray Hanley. No, no, no. People that have been watching the Giants for hundred years have seen this for like forty yeah. of the eighty years that they've been around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just in our lifetime, yeah, this is. I think yeah. right now it's at a level that we've never seen before. How bad is what they've done with Coughlin? And now into what's going on with McAdoo. Like, the Coughlin thing was a mess. They ushered him out. It was unceremonious. He was going to go to the Eagles. He didn't want to leave. They handled it terribly. Not classy. Not classy. It wasn't. He deserved better, Tom Coughlin, than that. We said it at the time. And now, with McAdoo, they're about to fire a guy. He may get fired this season, Cal. Giants no, don't fire I don't coaches think so. This season. I don't if, think so. If they lose to the 49ers on Sunday, he is getting fired, Cal. They will make, Spags the, head, they will make Spags the head coach, the interim head coach. I don't think that's happening. They are going to get him out of the bill. You think that they, if they lose to the 49ers, right, they still have home games against the Eagles, the Redskins, there's going to be 50,000 Redskins fans in MetLife Stadium. I mean. But there's going to be, even if they beat the Niners this week. Uh, yeah. Are they going to be 2-7 and seven at that time, or are they going to be 1-9 or 1-10 or 1-15? I'm telling you. I don't. I don't agree. I don't. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna fire him in season. I think they would definitely get rid of him after the season. You can't see a scenario where he gets fired in season. No, I don't. They are at the 49ers, home to the Chiefs, right? At the Redskins, at the Raiders, home to the Cowboys, home to the Eagles, at the Cardinals. Home to the Redskins, last game of the season on New Year's Eve. Wow. Holy smokes. It's ugly. It's, it's you know, and, and it's, so, it's so unusual. Like I, said, like I said earlier, it's been such a weird season. It's weird from, from a Jet perspective, but now the you throw the Giants. It's just so strange, like... You would never have expected this. Would you have ever expected this from them? Not in a million years. It's the right? Jets last year. Yeah, well, yeah, it's the Jets in a, in a lot of years, but yeah. But it's the Jets last year coming off a 10-6 and six season Most with a bunch of year, free yeah. agents that they had brought in, Fitzpatrick right. and Marshall and a bunch of free agents that they had brought in that had mm-hmm. success the first year, just like the Giants did last year with a new coach. Mm-hmm. And then in year two, everybody got hurt. People got hurt. Things went bad. People started talking. All the free agents didn't want to be there anymore. They all shot off their mouths. There's no base of young talent. And it's a disaster season with a second year coach. It's the exact same thing. Okay. So then here's my question. They didn't, the jets didn't fire bowls. Right? Yep. They're going to give McAdoo another chance? <clears throat> Giants won't. 
Why not? Because it's different in that Bulls and McCagnan are on the same schedule. Because I think Reese is going to get fired too. And the Giants had Tom Coughlin for what, 11 years, 12 years or something? Right. I just think it's, I, I think it's different. I just think the Giants look at it differently right now. But the Giants, and you've, you've heard this before, the Giants are very big with continuity. They don't like making changes. They also will, will move on from something that they know is not working. Like they did with Hanley. How long was Ray Hanley? They did with Ray Hanley. Yeah, that's a good point. He was there for two years. Yep. And he had a good first year, and he had a terrible second year. Yeah. And and it's it's all about empty seats and stuff like that, Cal. Can you imagine that stadium? The Mariners are going to lose. The, the Giants come in at 2-13. and 13. Well, I'll tell you what. There's not going to be any empty seats there. That's for sure. They're all going to be Redskins fans. They're all going to – or the, the Cowboys in, on uh, December 10th. Oh, yeah. No, they'll – I mean, those, those, those fan bases invade when the Giants are good. Exactly. It's going to be 60,000 Cowboys fans at that game. I know. Oh, my gosh. I can – you can honestly see from a football standpoint how this has happened. You can. The offense wasn't very good last year. The defense was phenomenal. The defense is not playing above its head. Snacks is not having as good a year. Defensive line is not having as good a year. The secondary has been awful. Right. And gets suspended every other game. So the defense took a huge step back. And they brought in guys like Brandon Marshall. They brought in guys like, you know, uh, they didn't bring anybody to play the offensive line. They're still committed to Eric Flowers. Like you can see from a football, they didn't bring in a running back. Like, Adrian Peterson wouldn't have been okay on this team? Well, I mean, that's another another bad influence, maybe. But Adrian Peterson can still run the ball. They needed a running game. Yeah, no. Th- that offensive line can't pass protect. They need a running game. That was that was what was so striking to me in, in the spring or you know, yeah. before before training camp was that like everybody knew that was the that was the area that they needed to improve and they needed to address. Everybody right. knew that. We knew that. We're not Giants fans, and we knew that. Yep. You know, everybody knew that, and they chose not to. And it it's yep. just it's he's it's married just, to his draft pick. Though he's married to his draft pick. I get that, and, and maybe he's stubborn, and maybe he's arrogant yeah. about it, and I he knows go. better. I don't know. But it was just it was just a, a strange miscalculation on their part. Oh, and arrogance too by Jerry Reese. I mean, I think Jerry Reese has the two Super Bowl trophies. No one can take. He thinks his job for life. He kind of has a, a, a an arrogance that it's you know GM for life, especially because the Giants never fired GMs. Right, and and a lot of like, don't question me. Yeah, don't. but you know what. Uh, but I guess all I, GMs are like that. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, that's not an unusual trait in a general manager. They all kind of right. have that. We, I withdraw. <laughs> Thank you, Counselor. Uh, 
they 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 all have that sir but but his reluctance to move on from flowers might be his undoing like literally that might be his undoing it could be i mean it's a wonder eli manning hasn't gotten killed yet because eli manning never takes a big shot ever i know he very neither did his brother it's it's, i mean there's there's a number of reasons he's remarkably resilient he's uh, uh in great physical shape he always has been he also never takes a shot I mean, he very rarely takes shots. You very rarely see Eli Manning take a beating. No, uh, you never do. He, he gets down. He knows when to, uh, you know, uh, fold his body, essentially. Um, he very rarely takes a big blindside hit. He just And he doesn't run. He doesn't run. That's how quarterbacks get hit and get knocked out. They run. They scramble. Yeah, moving around, he never right? scrambles. <laughs> Ever. Nope. But he just goes down. That's it. He just goes down. If it's not there, he just goes down. Um, really weird with the with the Giants. It is very, very much bizarro world, Superman style. What they're going through like now, like every day, there's new guys saying that it sucks, and you know, it came out that that Spagnola's calling plays that they hadn't seen since training camp, and the guys are. I mean, it's it's. I could see them firing him in season. I could. I I can't I can't see it in season. I can definitely see it after the season, and even then, I'm not 100 percent sold that they will. But when you watch him speak to the press, he's not doing himself any favors at all. No. <laughs> we can get he's on a run. Really bad. I mean, we made the joke in 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 preseason that he looks like an, a villain from an 80s John Hughes movie, <laughs> like he's right. the older brother. <laughs> He's the jerk older brother. Lay off my portos, nerd. Like that, you know? <laughs> like you guys are going to score. Yeah. He's talking to like his With little that... brother and his geeky friends. Yeah. Yeah, he's got like the slick back hair. Everybody's commenting yeah. on his looks this year, too. It's weird, right? What? Yeah. Everybody's commenting on his looks this year. I, well, because he looks like a jackass. I don't think he just looks like he looks lost. Like he doesn't know what to do with himself, how to present himself, what to say about this team. He just looks like he has lost complete control over everything. He does. Everything. Yeah, he does. He doesn't even know what the team meal is anymore. Like he's lost control of the chef. He's like, he's got nothing. Not, he's just, yeah, I and mean, he's having a rough year. What do you mean we're eating chicken fricassee? I didn't, you know, like he's, he's looking down at his chart for the menu, like. <laughs> you're going to the dance, nerd? What for? <laughs> Give me my pornos back. Yeah. Nerd. Like yeah. Tool. You puds are probably going outside. <laughs> uh, I don't care for it. I like it. Um, okay, so last thing on the NFL, and then I want to get to the New York uh, Islanders. Um, so can we touch on the – I think you and I have very different opinions about this. Can we touch on the NFL fans are not watching thing? Have we or can we? Is, are you asking? I'm asking. For a friend. <laughs> Maybe yeah, well, yeah, let your friend know. We could talk, but let's keep it very vague. Okay, or vast. Very general. High level. Yeah. High level. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
above the board. Do you think that the ratings uh, being down, supposedly, are a symptom of the uh, anthem protests? Um, I think it plays a part. Okay. What other parts do you see there? Um, I think, and it's, it's been talked about a lot too. I think it's a little oversaturated at this point. There's a lot of football on the NFL in general. Yeah. There's a lot of football on, not a lot of it is good. Right. I think that's another big part of this. I mean, we used to watch football, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And if there was a game on a Sunday night or a Monday night, I didn't have Thursday nights, but on the occasional, like a Saturday afternoon in the winter, like the last couple weeks of the season, whenever, whenever they had a state, like a standalone game, those games were generally good. Right. Felt like they were better than like any game you could see Sunday at one. And they were a pleasant surprise. I think I just I feel like it's it's really watered down and and you know they've got they they make every team play a primetime game so they wind up playing a Thursday night and then they give them these crazy uniforms because they're trying to sell more jerseys and they put them in color rush jerseys and now they don't even look like the teams that you that you're tuning in to watch and it's just everything everything is a money grab which is fine. It's a business, and that's what you would expect. Yeah. But I just everything. It just feels like completely oversaturated at this point. It you is. Know? It is. I the think Thursday that's playing a part. The, the Thursday night game is a huge problem. Yeah, the players don't like it. Players don't like it. People aren't watching it. The gameplay is terrible. It's a huge problem. Yeah. So I think I think that that plays a big part in yeah. in. Like it's and and we we talk about the ratings being down and you say it sort of skeptically. Are the ratings really down? That's what people are saying. No, no, no. I I didn't I didn't say it skeptic. I I I didn't mean it skeptically. If it sounded skeptically, that's not what I meant. No, no. But I think I think the bigger question it's not so much are the ratings down is like what. What, where's the backlash coming from? Because there's a backlash against the NFL right now. Well, I think the backlash is clearly coming from the anthem protests. I mean, I think that's the big part of it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I if agree I that that's it, part of it. I don't think that's the only reason. If I said it's, I don't think it's the only reason either. I think that's the biggest part of the backlash, though. But if I said it skeptically, it was meant as, this isn't new. This has been coming for the NFL. Right. Right. Like everybody's acting as oh this you know the ratings are way down and it's the anthem protests and blah blah. This has been coming for the NFL. They've been yeah. Well, before they started doing before they started doing the anthem protests, the games were getting bad. The the talent level was getting diluted and and the competition wasn't as good. They've been printing money hand over fist. For years and years now, for 10, 15 years, without any concern for the quality of the product right. on the field. The people right. will just continue to buy it. They'll just they'll be there every Sunday for us and every yep. Thursday and every Sunday night and every Saturday and every Monday. They will be there for us. 
these idiots, these fools will continue to just consume the product and we'll give them more of it and more of it and more of it. And we'll be at the combine and we'll do this and we'll do it. And we'll make the combine an event and the draft an event and people will continue to eat it up, eat it up. And to the NFL's credit, mostly people do or have, but to me, it hit a tip. It started to hit a tipping point like three years ago. Well, I think the concussion uh, awareness was yeah. a big thing too. That's it started to hit a tipping point three or four years ago for people watching it and seeing players retire at like right. 27 and turning away millions of dollars because of CTE, because of those sort of, and then you had, uh, Ray Rice, and then you had Aaron Hernandez, and you had all the off know, of the field nonsense. Right. Yep. The off you the know, field we kinda, nonsense. Going back to the concussion thing, we t- I remember we talked about this a couple of years ago, and we had noticed when we were growing up, when we watched football when we were younger, the big hit was always like, oh, ah, it would be exciting, and you'd see a big hit, and they'd show it on replays, and it would be like a big deal when there was a huge hit. And yeah. then a couple of years ago, we're watching these big hits, and it felt different, right? You were, like, uncomfortable Absolutely. watching these hits. Right? That started a couple of years ago. Absolutely. We talked about right? it on the show. Yep. Yeah. There are, hits, there are hits in football I don't like to watch anymore. So, to your point, this has been coming for a couple of years. I'll agree. I think I – think we can get on the same page with this. This has been coming for a couple of years for a lot of reasons. Well, a lot of the things that we've just talked about. And then came the anthem protests this year, and that's what pushed it over the edge. Yes. Well, and also right? the, president, the president commenting on the anthem protests this year. So if you look at week one of the NFL, like what did six guys kneel total? Like it was going away. Colin, uh, Colin Kaepernick did it last year. He made his point. He donated his million dollars all his time. It was going away. He had made the issue, what he wanted to make the issue, about social injustice, and it was going away. All the stuff with him and collusion and all that stuff, that wouldn't have stopped people from watching football by any means. And then the president commented on it. And turned it kind of into an issue again. And so then it became the players against the president rather than kneeling for social justice or anything like that. And that brought it back to light. It was going away. It, it was. I, I, I guarantee you by week 15, if he hadn't said anything, nobody would have been kneeling anymore. Or maybe one or two or three players around the league at best. That's all it was in week one. Okay. There was a handful of players that were still sticking to this, you know, this 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 uh, silent protest. But it, that that brought it back. I, I I'm not faulting or whatever. That that's politics. I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about the reality of the president mentioning it and taking the players on brought it back to light. Mm-hmm. And that is the backlash to me. And then, then the owners are involved, and then they're, they're locking arms, and all the political shit is before a game now. People had a problem with Colin Kaepernick's protest. Right? Last year. Totally. Absolutely. Did it stop them from watching? Not many. It didn't. It did not stop many people from watching. 
this year, those protests have stopped people from watching. What's the difference? It was politicized. Now, that said, I agree with all of what you're saying. It's not the reason. But it's a huge reason. And you know what? My Uncle Tommy is not watching the Jets this year. He is not watching football. He has decided that he will not watch football this year. Because he doesn't agree with the players doing what they're doing. By all means. I respect his decision to do that. That's, that's his choice. I absolutely respect that. He is, is uh, offended by the, the, the players' actions and their, their form of protest. Who am I to say no? Or who am I to, to, to disagree with him? I mean, I do disagree with him. But that's not the right words. Who am I to have a problem with that? You know what I mean? I'm not offended by that protest. But a lot of people are, and they've turned off the NFL. But this was coming. This was coming. You know, this is, this is because a league has taken advantage of its fan base for years now, for years, oversaturating them and soaking them for ridiculous money, for in-game tickets, for PSLs. This has been coming. I think that the... the Backlash with the anthem protests and stuff is just, I'm not saying people aren't genuinely aggrieved. They are, and they're offended, and by all means, that's, that's their right to be, certainly. But I think it's a culmination of stuff, and then this is like, oh, and they're going to do that and offend me this way? The hell with the whole thing. You know, two years ago or three years ago when Ray Rice did what he did, I, you know, I came back and watched. And then two, two or three years ago when, you know, Aaron Hernandez killed three people, I came back and watched. You know, and now they're going to do this. Now they're going to insult, in my opinion, insult the flag or whatever. Not my opinion, I'm saying generally. Insult the flag and insult the country this way? That's it. I've had enough. I feel like that has acted as a tipping point. And I don't know if the, I don't know how the league, if the league gets it back or if they give a shit. They don't seem to give a shit. I don't think they care. Yeah. I don't either. I think right now, today, on November 9th, 2017, the commissioner of the NFL only cares about getting his new contract. Yeah. And Jerry Jones tried to prevent that. Right. But (laughs) But that's... I don't think he cares about anything else right now. All he wants is that no. new contract. Nope. I mean, this league has botched so many things. It's incalculable. It's unbelievable. Suspensions. And they gave Tom Brady four games for deflating a football. They gave a guy two games for beating his girlfriend. Like, what? how is this possible? It's ridiculous how much they screw this up daily. You know, the only the only thing that that could have stopped them was themselves, right? It's such a cliche. It's such a you know, and I'm sure that'll be the line in the thirty for thirty in a couple of years when they talk yep. about the rise and fall of the NFL. But 
Yeah. Too big to fail. There was nothing else. There was nothing in its way. It was so. It was the biggest thing in the world. And and gazillion dollar juggernaut. And the only thing that could screw it up was it being mm-hmm. a gazillion dollar juggernaut and the people running it. Right. And you know what? It's a shame. I'm enjoying football this season. This is my my most enjoyable jet season in a few years. I mean There's ten and no six a couple of years ago was ten and six a couple of years ago was, was fine with Fitzpatrick, but I hated Fitzpatrick. Right. That's torture when you're watching it. You know, the last few years with Rex were just awful. Like, I had low expectations, and I'm watching a bunch of kids play okay. And there's a base there, and there seems to be a plan. And I'm not getting involved in all the other crap. I turn on the game, and I watch the game. I don't know. It's what you do. It's what you do. That's how we do. <laughs> So our our good buddy Kev, Kev McWalters, biggest giant fan in the world. Right. He's got the mug. Um, and uh and, and there he does have the mug, <laughs> world's greatest giant fan. Right. And uh who also runs his fantasy football team with his son. It's amazing. I know. That's, That's so great. good. His son's like uh, he's gonna be eight in uh February. And uh, so he's almost eight. And he's like signing off on trades and stuff and like like Kev made a huge trade with the the um, trading David Johnson, who's right. on IR, for Melvin Gordon, and uh, he Kev said he had to be talked into it. I said, like <laughs> like you're sitting there talking your eight year old into this trade, like and then you got signed pitch. off on it. Yeah, right. like, Kev's not making. Oh, you got to go to your, like when you go to like the sale, the car salesman goes to his boss to try to get him, you know, That's to right. get a better deal. A better deal on the loan. Right. <laughs> Except the eight-year-old is the is the the manager in this case. Let me take it to my finance guy. Let me see right. if I can get He's, he's in the big yeah. office. Yeah. He's in the big office. So Ryan signed up. I love it. And he, Ryan knows what he's doing. Yeah. Well, think about it. If you if we had fantasy football when you were eight, when you when you have eaten it up. Yeah, I would have been into it. But I didn't have a right? dad that would have done it with me. No, but we would have all been doing it together. Yeah, although I, I don't think his friends are as good as he is. Oh, well. <laughs> I don't think his friends, like like Ryan's like encyclopedic, Cal. Well, his friends don't have Kevin as a dad. That's correct. That's what yeah. I'm saying. I might have done it with like Uncle Tommy. I probably would have oh, yeah, been eight, probably. nine years old. Or sure. Uncle Vinny, you know, and I still talk to him. Yeah. But anyway, Kev says he texted me. He's listening. There's one. There's one listening. All he right. He texted me and said, "Hey, check out the shot Eli took in Week Two versus Cornelius Washington." Oh, that was his way of telling us that he does take shots. Yeah, he didn't like that oh. we were saying that Eli doesn't doesn't get killed. And I and I wrote back and I said, I didn't mean uh, he never takes one. It's a compliment. He knows how to protect himself. Right. I didn't call him a pussy or anything. Like he knows what he's, he's he knows how to protect himself. That's a credit to him, and he also doesn't scramble. He doesn't scramble. That's the big key. I think. And the I'm just surprised reason, he hasn't gotten destroyed more with that offensive line. Yes, 
And and I totally agree with you. And I think that's Kev's point. Kev's point is like he's taken a beating this year. Yeah. You know, uh, I just said I, all I meant was he rarely takes huge hits. It doesn't seem he knows when to go down. Also, there, how often this year have there been like jailbreaks where like he's got like no chance <laughs> at all? Like just lay down, Eli, get down. Yeah. <laughs> how much? One last thing on the Giants. Because Kev brings it up, and 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 it's in, it's I can't remember this position with the Giants either, because Eli's been their quarterback for 14 years or 13 years or whatever it is. Um, he he doesn't need to sit down. Like he didn't play. He played terribly last week. Whatever he said, bad games here or there, missed a couple open receivers. He's also thrown to like you know, Evan Engram and like scrubs. And the pips. And, and the pips. But, like, is there a point where the Giants need to take a look at Davis Webb? At, uh, at, the, at the expense of Eli's consecutive game streak? It's a hard I, situation, I, don't know. I feel like. Yeah, I just, I you know, and, and we went, we've been through this a number of times. We went through this with Petty and with Hackenberg and with uh, – Chris Sims and uh, not no, Matt, Matt Sims. Matt Sims. And who else? Who, who, who else was it back then? I'm missing somebody um, around that time. McElroy, maybe. McElroy, that was the guy. Um, you can't judge what a quarterback is when you stick him into a situation like this. Right. You can't. It's. I just. I don't think it's. I don't think it's fair to the quarterback. I also think Eli Manning should just get to play as much as Eli Manning wants to play. This year. This year. Next year, and they draft Sam Darnold. And no, let them different. do whatever they want to do. That's different. That's entirely different. Because right. Eli went through it with Kurt Warner. That's entirely different. Right. Right. But this year, he plays as long as he wants to play. And Eli's under contract next year, right? I think he's under contract for a while for a while. Right. Well, I mean, it's not, I don't know how much of it is guaranteed, but I mean, I would think their succession plan is going to involve Eli Manning mentoring the new quarterback. Exactly. And I, and I think he would be okay with it. I don't know. Eli is, Eli is under contract next year at a cap hit. Ooh. Of $22 million. Wow. If he's cut, he's a dead cap of 12-4. That's a lot still. I don't know. If he's cut, someone signs him in, in like 10 minutes. Oh, 10 seconds. 10 seconds. Right? Absolutely. So I don't know. No, I don't if, know. That'd be very interesting to see what they do. Cut next year, there's no way they cut him. There's no way. I can't imagine, especially if they draft a quarterback in the first round. That's what I'm saying. They're going to draft a quarterback. They're going to, as it's standing now, they could be a top three or four pick. There will be a quarterback available. That's for sure. Right. San Francisco's not taking a quarterback. The Browns could. You know, yeah. You say that about San Francisco. Well, they're not. He's a free agent, Garoppolo. He never signed a deal with them. I'm assuming they're going to sign him, though. 
been there has been talk that that's not necessarily a done deal. A given. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? So if they don't, if they so if they don't sign Garoppolo, obviously they'll take a quarterback. Right. But there's you know, there's three or four quarterbacks that are that are supposedly draft worthy here. This yeah. happens to be a deep quarterback draft. Well, yeah, they're not playing well. A lot of them. No, no, but the talent is there. If the Giants are the two, and Garoppolo signs, and the Niners are the one. Do you think Darnell right. comes out for the Giants? I think he does. Yeah. I think it's like a perfect scenario for him. Yeah, I mean, I I hate I hate giving the Giants that kind of you know reverence or deference. Yeah. That. Well, they're the, like that was a lot of the talk today. Of course, he's going to come out. It's the Giants, right? You know, but it was the Browns. He's not going to the Browns, right? Well, he, he I hate I hate that yeah. sort of talk, but I guess it does exist to an extent, right? But my, I'm not talking even deference to the Giants. I'm talking situation. I'm well, talking situation he's walking into. I'm talking about like walking into the Giants organization with Eli Manning there towards the end of his career, so Darnall doesn't have to play right away. Yeah. Right? He's got a good mentor there. He's got a, a, a two-time Super Bowl champion quarterback to mentor off of. Um, yeah. He doesn't have to play right away. They'll probably have a new coach. Right. And it's New York. It's the bright lights. He's out of USC. It's I'm talking about that the 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 whole situation, not just the Giants are a classic organization thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I, I, I don't agree with – I think it has more to do with the coaching staff and the quarterback situation that the guy's walking into than it does with the franchise. Right. Let me put it to you this way. The Browns fire uh, Hugh Jackson, right? And Hugh Jackson? Hugh, Jack, Hugh Jackson. It's Hugh Jackson, right? Yeah, no, they fire Hugh Jackson and hire Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman, is right. what I'm saying. So Wolverine is head coach. Right. No, they Peter fire Allen. him and hire and hire Josh McDaniel. Right? Do you think maybe Darnell comes out now? Yeah, maybe. Big difference, right? Doesn't doesn't really give a shit anymore about the Browns being a bad franchise because it's a better situation for him. It's a great you know offensive guru type coach who's worked with. Tom Brady, and he gets to go in and start right away. Right. So I think it's situational less than, you know, that idea of like classic organization or something like that. Yeah. But I, I think he does for the Giants because it would be a good situation. But who knows? I, you know, who knows? I've watched a little bit of him. I don't know how impressed I am. Okay, I got to talk about the Islanders. We got to talk about the Islanders for a few minutes. And let's just say thank you to our buddy Kev for listening. Thanks, Kev. As always. He's been on the program as our giant expert. He's, uh, he's fantastic. Sure. And, and he now writes a little bit. Well, we did this last year during draft season. He's uh, writing as a giant uh, sort of draft analyst, uh, analyst. So good job, K-Mac. We love you, buddy. Um, the Islanders are yeah. 15 games in here, Cal. 
Two things I right. want to bring up. One's on the ice, one's off. They have an interesting situation developing with uh, Nikolai Kuhlman, who is injured, and they're talking about it being probably weeks and months and not days. Uh, his injury. So Alan Quine jumps on the ice. He'll be on probably tomorrow night in Dallas. Um, and so you kind of fill that role right away, although, you know, you probably put Quine on the fourth line as a center. You move Sezikis up to the third line as the center there. You move uh, maybe Barzal down to the uh, to the fourth line as a wing. And so you run right. Quine, Chimera, and uh, Nelson on one line. Uh, he shuffled, Dougie Wade shuffled the defenseman really well. If they play as they played the other night against the Oilers, they're going to be fine. They're going to be good, actually. Because of a guy named Matt Barzell. So, mm-hmm. I now uh, am watching the games with a little different perspective, having now played hockey a little bit, and I'm starting to play ice hockey, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like, I'm just seeing, or I'm focusing on different things. Right. Um, I can see a lot more of what weight wants to do versus the seven years or eight years we had a cappy or whatever it was, seven years, um, this year than I could last year in terms of uh, defensemen moving the puck up, um, uh, you know, trying to have defensemen jump up on the play, be more involved offensively, um, gap control, the different kind of gap control, like running a 1-2-2, two, two, uh, different kind of four checks, like all that kind of stuff. And you can see who's playing in the system. Certain guys are far better than I thought they were. Right. Um, like Everly, we talked before the season started. I said Everly is a a upgrade over Strom. I didn't know how much of an upgrade he would be. He's a monstrous upgrade over Strom. Um, a crazy upgrade over Strom. Now he he's already off of JT's line. They moved uh, Bailey back there with some success. Bailey's played great, other than the other night where he was terrible. Um, but. The lines are there. This this is this could be a very good team and a very rootable team. The defense is there. The lines are there. But Matt Barzal, I said before the season started, of Barzal, Hosang, Beauvillier, one of those guys has to make a major leap, and two of those guys have to just be NHL players. Mm-hmm. Um, Barzal, it's 15 games. Uh, you know, there's nothing to anoint here. But even if you've watched like the last 10, holy cow, he makes all the difference. He makes all the difference for this team this year. Being a viable electric second line center makes an entire, another second line scoring and that line of Ladd, Barzal, and Everly is good. It's a good line. He just makes all the difference, Cal. And you know what? We got we we may have another one here. Not uh, a JT. Not a JT, but we may have a really special player here. He's a special player. Cal. Way early for that. It really He's is. A special player, though, but it's not like I just picked up on him last week. I've been watching him for two years. I know. 
And I've been saying that he's a, he could be a special player. I'm saying we may have a special player on our hands. You, but you, you you're a little past anointing. May. There's no anointing. There's you're no anointing. a little past May. You're, you, you got him. You got him right at the doorstep. Okay. All right. You dropped him off at the door. He's got his little backpack on. He's got his lunch bag. He's ready to go. He's just waiting for the door to be open so you can let him in and he could be one of those guys. Where did you have Syndergaard after two starts? Where'd you have him? Yeah, where did I have him? Before you had before him before he even started a game. Yeah. But I'm saying when he came up and he was that guy after yeah. three starts, where did you have him? We may have something special here. He's, listen, he's, he is certainly somebody to be excited about. Like, you can't, you can't, that's undeniable at this point. The way he's played these last 10 games, they, they, there's definitely, the kid can play. That's for sure. There's a dynamic aspect he adds. It's not just him. There's a dynamic as, aspect that he adds to the team's potential. Right, and that's what they've always been missing. They've been, miss- they've been missing I, – I, I think it's like an either-or. It was either a, like, a, a, a sniper for Tavares to play on his line with him where they needed somebody that you know, Tavares was just going to feed and he was going to score 40 goals, right? Or they needed somebody to anchor that second line and give them a viable secondary option to score goals. Right. They always they always didn't have either one of those things. Right. They briefly had it with Vanek a couple of years ago. Right. They had the scoring right wing. Right. Right. But like because that was the thing. You always, everybody's always wanted somebody to ride shotgun with Tavares. Right. Um, yeah. But but just as important, I believe, was finding somebody to put on that second line and give them another legitimate option. Right. That's what Strom was supposed to be. That's what Strom was supposed to be. Yes. That's what Brock Nelson was supposed to be. Yes. Lesser extent. Lesser extent. Right. Strom, Strom was the guy. That was the guy that they drafted him to be that guy. And he, he, and he failed. But Barzell might be that guy. And if you yes. have that, if you have a second line that can play with many of the top lines in the league, you don't right. necessarily – don't necessarily need the guy on Tavares' wing that's going to be like, you know, you don't need a, uh, a, a Malkin and Crosby type situation. Right. You don't need that. Well, Malkin and Crosby are very seldom on the same line. Well, that's true. But uh, you know what I mean. Or, uh, or um, no, the other I guys. No, I know exactly what you mean. Hayes and Kane. Yeah. Or Ovechkin and Backstrom. Or, you know, like you don't need Yeah, that. yeah. But, but, uh, the other part of this is if when Josh Hosang is back, right, which he will be at some point, um, then you run three very dynamic potentially scoring lines out where you have uh, Tavares Lee and Bailey. I don't think Bailey's going to stay on that line all year. I think Everly is eventually going to wind up back there. Um, 
that just could be between me and Josh Bailey. Um, there's been words. But it's largely because I, I, I just think I, – I just don't know how long and, – and I have to give all credit to Josh Bailey. He's played fantastically. Um, he His creativity is, is, is out there on display in a way that it never has been before. He's looking to shoot more than he has in the past. His possession uh, skills in the offensive zone have uh, improved a great deal. Um, he definitely has a chemistry with Tavares. I think that's undeniable. Uh, they've both been on the team. You know, JT's been here for, what, seven years, and he's been here for eight. Yeah. There's there's a big brother, little brother feel for them. Um, I don't have a problem with that first line at all. And Lee is really good. Lee is yeah, really he's good. very good. But he's also perfectly complimentary on that line. Like, mm-hmm. he parks his big ass in front of that net. He's tough to move. He's got great hands. And uh, so that first line is a very, very competent first line. I'm not sure Bailey stays there. But to me, he's interchangeable with Everly. So if he go, Everly goes up to the, to the uh, first line, Bailey drops down to the second line with Barzal or Ladd. But the, the third line that you want to see is Nelson, Bovillier, and Hosang. That's the third line you want to see. Nelson, four goals in six games with Hosang, one goal in nine games without him. Hosang's game complements Nelson really well, really well, because he looks to get him the puck in the slot to shoot. And Brock Nelson is a very good shooter. Mm-hmm. Brock Nelson's played really well this year, Cal. I know you don't like him. He's played I don't well. I like him. But he has played well. played well. He's played hard. He's played with a bit of a more of an edge. He's gone back after guys when they check him. There's something about his face that's tough to watch. Yeah. But he's played responsible hockey. He's taken way more shots. He's played better defense. He's gotten in a fight. Like he's, I, I, I have to say, Brock Nelson has played really well. He should have more goals. It's not even that he's playing well, Cali. He's playing hard. So right. you want to see out of him. I want to see Brock Nelson skating hard. Effort. Yeah. Um, but they could have three very – and then that fourth line, I don't care who you give me with uh, Sezikis and Clutterbuck. I don't care. Chimera, Kuhlman, I don't care. Quine, do whatever you want. Give me those three lines. Mm-hmm. I, I just – there's I. they could be good this year, Cal. The crazy thing is in the East, it's going to take like – 98 points to get in the playoffs. I think it might take 100 this year, yeah. I mean, 98 points just to get a wild card. Yeah, no, it could take more. There's a lot of good teams in the East. It could. The East is insane. Yeah. You go on a three-game losing streak, and you're like 12th in the, in the conference. Yeah. yeah, but you go on a three-game winning streak, and you kind of jump back over everybody. Yeah. They all leapfrog each other. That's the problem. I've been very impressed with weight. I know that's a shock. Um, spoiler alert. Oh, well, I think he's played guys. I think he's given the reason why he hasn't played guys. He continues to play Chimera. I know why he is. And yet I want Chimera sat. You want Chimera sat. Everybody wants Hosang back up here. But they're looking at a guy who slow started last year and wound up scoring 20 goals and is liked in the locker room. And I don't know what's going on in that locker room. 
I don't know if you sit Chimera that it, you know, you certainly can't release him. I, I mean, you could. I'm saying I don't think you could in that yeah, room. Yeah, they won't. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think you could in that room. I think it would be Maybe a bad not. look for them in that room. Right. Um, you know, but Lad's played really well this year. He's played a lot better. Uh, you know, he, he doesn't have the goals to show for it, but he's shooting the puck a lot more. He's been very complimentary with Barzal. Uh, he, you know, he drops down to the third line and gives them a little boost. He's playing on the PK. He's looked good on that second power play unit. Like, you know, Andrew Ladd's playing well. Is he worth $5.5 million, $5. million a year? No, he never will be, ever. That's not enough for Islander fans. I don't really care. Uh, Andrew Ladd's a very valuable veteran on this team. <laughs> he is. He is. He's uh, a valuable veteran got that on that team. Pat. You've got that down pat. That's good. Yes, I do. Um, they're just I, – I look forward to every game. I really do. Good. It's, it's, it's nice. It's a nice feeling, right? Which brings me to my next question. You've been watching a little bit. Yeah, I've been watching. Yeah, it's yeah. But what I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm dabbling. What did I tell you, though, before the season? It's going to take, take me about 20, 25 games to really buy into this team. So you're going to dabble until December. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm watching them. I'm impressed with what I see. There's still some things I don't like that I see. Right. And I'm not, I'm not sold on them being a legitimate contender. Okay. Are they, are they a playoff team as you see them right now? I think they're a playoff contender. Okay. I'm, I'm, not, like, I'm, not, I'm not writing them into the playoffs right now. Okay. I'm not, I, I, gotta, I have to. Goaltending will be the biggest problem. Goaltending and defense, too. I think I, I am less than impressed with their defense on, on a lot of nights. You know? I think, I think Pollock's played great. Pollock's played great. He's played a lot better than I expected him to. Defensively. I mean, the offense is heads and tails yeah, no, better than yeah, any other he's playing, he's playing a lot better than he was advertised. Put it that way. In his own zone, yes. He had a bad rap in the defensive end, and he's not as bad as everybody made him out to be. And a, and a well-earned one. He's not, he's not that bad, though. No, he's been very physical. I mean, taking on McDavid the other night one-on-one and just a tremendous a play. play against McDavid. Yep. He did a great job on McDavid the other night. You take away the overtime goal, it's three-on-three. Three and, you know, right. in, in regulation, he had two up. shots, you know. Yeah. Tavares screwed that up. He didn't get that pass to Barzell fast enough. Yeah. Um, in regulation, he had two shots. I mean, I thought they did a great job. I thought that was a really good example of film work, like like NHL, like watching an NHL coach have a game plan for a player. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's coaching, like that you never seem to kind of have with Mr. Capuano. No. We don't need to beat a man when he's in, in Tampa. It's not even wins. here. I have no idea. I think he's with the Panthers. Did he get a job somewhere? I believe he's an assistant coach with the Panthers. Well, good for him. Yep. Good for him. I um, like Capuano. I just I didn't like him as a coach. I thought his time was up. Yeah, he wasn't a very good hockey coach. He's not a bad guy by any means. No, but I thought the, but I thought they played hard for him at times. At times. <laughs> I'm looking for this you weekend. Don't have to worry about your, your boyfriend is in now, so you don't have to worry about it. I know. It. 
my my man friend. Uh, I don't know how you ha- you have a lot. To, I mean, you've got Barzal, you've got Wait, you've got Lad. How do you how do you look at lot. you? You got this grin on your face like you're swooning over everyone I mention their names. I love the Islanders, Cal. I love my Islanders. <laughs> they are moving. They are they have moved up the ranks, my man. Oh, that's nice though. Tavares, obviously. Uh, yeah. Bailey, I don't like. <laughs> He's the only guy, right? And Shimano. They have two. They have back to backs this weekend on the road in Dallas and. Um, and Dahan. And Dahan. Well, Dahan's just not good. He's not as Those good as guys, people though. say. Bailey, Shimano, and Dahan. He's a great skater. I will say this. Shemir. Dahan skated. Dahan skated really well the other night. Like that's that's what everybody says about. Oh, you know, he's just this great skater. I'm like, oh God, I don't see it. The other night. That's a great skater. Those are good, good, great yeah. feet. Great, you know, uh, especially in the offensive zone. Like, that's the guy. He just can't – he can't hit the net to save his life. And it nope. leads to breaks the other way. It always leads to breaks the other way. And he's not a very good passer. He's a, and he's a terrible puck handler. He's not a great puck handler. Ter- no, he's terrible, Steve. He's terrible all on the boards. He's constantly beat. He's terrible. He also, I've never seen a defenseman give the puck away in the center of the ice in his own zone as much. What did I tell you? Who is he? What did I tell you? Oh, who is he? Wait, <laughs> I forgot. Who is he? 2.0. Andrew McDonald. Andrew McDonald, yeah. Because he always plays, he never gets hurt, plays a lot of minutes. Right. He is. That's him. Hopefully the everybody, everybody else in the world thinks he's really good, except yep. the people that watch him every night. Yep. Staple thinks he's really good, though. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't get it. He's not. I'm like John Hurd in, in uh, Big. Hey, I don't get it. That Underrated John, scene, by the way. That was John, John Hurt. Not John not, Hurt. John Hurt. John Hurd. He just who was in Home Alone? John Hurt. John Hurt. Hurd. John Hurd was. He was in both Home Alone and Big. Yes. Oh wait, I'm wrong. No, I'm right. John Hurt. I'm totally oh, John right. Hurt. In. I think we're thinking Bill Hurt. William Hurt? Yes. You get to call yes. him Bill? John, John Hurt. He's the dad. I call him Bill. John Hurt is the dad in Home Alone. He's in Big. Yes. yes. Character actor, John Hurt. Died in July. Yeah, I know. He was somehow 71 years old. Yeah, he never looked it. Never looked it. Good for him. Wow. He has like three three movies in post production too. Wow, so he's working right to the end. Hey, I don't get it. I love that scene in Big. It's like a very upsetting scene. I love that scene in Big. That movie's <laughs> upsetting. Can't watch that movie again. Well, when you watch it as an adult, it's uh, it's weird. Yeah, well, there's, you know, the kid kidnapping, which is not kidnapped, and the mother in agony because she thinks the kid is kidnapped. And... Right. 
then there's Elizabeth Perkins, you know, having relations with, with what is basically a 14 year old boy. Uncomfortable. That's not great. But he was a man. But Robert Loja's in it. I love this toy. This toy brings me joy. Get him on the horn. Tell him how to take those sons of bitches down. I don't, that was not. I don't think that was in no, the movie. No, that's, uh, that's in Independence Day. Yeah, I know. I know. That was. Cal, <laughs> get him on the horn. You should have put that line in big. You should have put that line in big. Right? Josh Baskin, get him on the horn and tell him we know how to take those sons of bitches down. <laughs> Josh Baskin. Josh Baskin. That was his name, right? Uh, yeah. Josh Baskin. In big, yeah. I thought that was the guy in How I Met Your Mother. He was something along those lines too, right? Never Josh. How I Met Your Mother? Never watched it. The sitcom? Not a fan. How many how many more things can I say to get you to understand, like that you have seen it? It's on CBS? I don't watch it. I don't like the show. You know, the one with Neil Patrick Harris? I'm aware of what you're talking about. I'm aware of the show. Don't care for the show. How could you not care for it if you never watched it? I watched one episode. Ted Mosby was his name. It wasn't Josh Baskin. It was Ted Mosby. <laughs> Those are close, though. I believe his real name is Josh Radner, though. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. You're thinking of the actor, Josh Radner. The actor, Josh Radner, who played Ted Mosby on How I Met Your Mother. You know, the show with right. Neil Patrick Harris, that one. That I, that I used to watch all the time, that you're trying to convince me that I No, I'm not suggesting that, that you watch it. I just sure. want to make sure that you know what I'm talking about. I know you, you've been very clear you never watched that yeah. show. Don't care for it. Yet somehow have a, have an opinion on it, having not watched it. You don't care for a show you never watched. That's correct. Perfect. Okay. Barney is that Doogie Howser's name on that? Barney. Yeah. Well, he's well, he's, he's he's not he's not Doogie Howser. He's not a doctor. I know. He's Neil Patrick Harris. I actually call him NPH because I'm an actor. That's true. You you are permitted so I get to, to call do that. Him NPH. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him in Hedwig. I get to call him NPH. Yeah, that's that is one of that's one of the perks. I, I know you did, and he was great, right? He was quite good. He's fantastic. Yeah. I love Neil Patrick Harris. He's terrific. I shouldn't uh, have said that about Doogie Howser. That's terrible. You should have seen him in How I Met Your Mother. That's right. I heard he was great. He was tremendous. I have. This is another one. I have nothing against the show. Maybe this is how we can close tonight, because this has come up for me a number of times. I want to bring it up to you. Okay. So uh, apologies to George George Arati. George Arati, my favorite Francesism ever. It always will be. Although, Carson Wentz is, Wentz is coming up there. C-A-W-S-I-N-W-I-N-C-E. Wentz, like senior Wentz's. Like senior Wentz's. <laughs> Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. That's what he calls it. Wince is good. Wince. Cross and wince. Cross and wince. Um, this has come up a lot, like, uh, uh, pop culture-wise for me in the last know, week. The idea of, like, a really pop, 
popular band or artist or TV show or movie or something where you have to sort of qualify it with, like, I respect it, but I don't like it. And the person, like, like and I'll give you the, one of the examples. It's come up, like, four times. And now five tonight with uh, How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> Rolling, the Rolling Stones. Sitting uh, at, uh, at my desk at work, guy next to me. He's a kid. Good kid, though. He's like 24, 25, playing the Rolling Stones. And he's been playing music all day. And I'm like, oh, that's a good one. Or, oh, you know, like he's asking me like, you know, oh, you like this one? You like this one? He's playing like old stuff, like Eagles. Like he's playing that kind of stuff. And the Stones come on. I'm like, yeah, I don't care for him. What? You know, like it's, you can't imagine a person of my age, because I'm all of 43. Right. Like, you like the Beatles and you like all that. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I, I respect them as artists. And what they've done, I don't care for the music. I don't like the product. I can like the company, but I don't like the product. So it's like you have to defend the fact that you don't agree with a popular sentiment about something. What, that I just don't like the, like, why is it not okay? Like, he couldn't wrap his head around the fact that I respected them unbelievably as artists, but I don't like the music. Yeah. happened with Dylan. That was another one like a week and a half ago. Somebody was like, what do you mean you don't like Dylan? I'm like, well, I don't really like the music. Right. I respect the shit out of the guy. He's amazing. He's an amazing artist. But they can't separate that. Now, if you respect them, then how come you don't like the music? Because I don't. It doesn't, I don't like it. Yeah, I try. Um... I, I listen to my Dylan stuff. It's not working for me. But that I can still like the I can still respect the guy and what he means to the popular musical zeitgeist, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Apparently not. So this is where I'm going with how I met your mother. I don't like Robert Herjavec, but I respect how successful he's been. That's that's sort of where you're going, right? That's is that. I don't like him. I don't like the guy. But I respect I respect that he knows what he's talking about. It's more but it's more like artistically driven, like like oh, in the business he can't really that doesn't work as well. Yeah. Like All how right. I met your mother, right? Like I I respect <clears throat> excuse me. First of all, I understand people that liked it. Right. I can totally Appreciate somebody loving that show. Right. I can respect that it was a good show. That it was a, a solid uh, show. It was good entertainment. The acting was great. Cast was good. I just don't like it. Right. I watched it and I didn't care for it. It didn't do anything for me. That's your personal preference. But I can have, I can still have all those things. Like the you can idea do is both. That, like, that's I, that's the beauty of it is that you can yeah. respect the art and not enjoy it, and not necessarily like the product. I like the company. Right. I don't love the product. Right. Uh, but I, I catch crap for this. 
Well, if you feel yeah. that way about all of it, then you should like the product. Well, I don't. Yeah. I can. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. I love that you brought up Shark Tank. It's amazing. Who? You brought up Herzvig on Shark Tank. Oh, the, the new show on CNBC? Yeah, it's a new show. Have you heard about that? Have you seen it? It's on cable. It's on, I, I think it's cable. on like Wednesday afternoon. It's buried somewhere. <laughs> we are, of course, alluding to the fact that Mike Francesa recently talked about Shark Tank as if he had discovered it in 2016. <laughs> and it was this new show. Oh, Have you seen the show, Shark Tank? It's good. Shark Tank is good. The kids love it. The kids eat it up. My boys eat it up. They know, too. They know when somebody's not going to get a deal. They know. <laughs> oh, he's the best. Going to miss him. couple weeks. couple weeks. That's insane. I'm gonna try to, I am going to, try to, I'm going to try to check out the show at the Tillis Center. You're going to go? I've decided I think I'm going to go. You can't drop this with three minutes left in the show. What? Because by the time we talk next week, I will have gone to the show. Where? Wait. Just back up. How much are tickets? I think. I, I think I saw sixty dollars. Where Cheapest. is it again? It's at the Tillis Center on the campus of CW Post, which is literally. I'm not. I I hate that word right now. But literally or literally, literally, I'm using that yeah. correctly on my way home from work. Like I pass it on my way home from work, pass the building. So you have no choice. really. I've been passing that building every day for the last eight years. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll go. You finally have a reason to go in. There. I have a reason yeah. to go now. I keep like, um, uh, Crystal Gale and Lee Greenwood will be performing there next week. I danced with Crystal Gale. Stop. I slow danced with Crystal Gale. What? Yep. Hey, you think, wait, and, and I dropped the bomb? <laughs> well, I didn't know she'd be coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Tony and Tina's wedding, San Antonio, Texas. She was in it? She came to the show. And of oh. course, Tony and Tina's is interactive. Yes. My character doesn't have a date to Johnny's wedding. I mean, uh, Johnny, my character, doesn't have a date to Tony's wedding. Right. And my first order of business in the show, Tony and Tina's is an interactive show where it's set out based on the music. And then you have beats and scenes that you're supposed to play out. But the rest is improv based on the music uh, in the in the wedding. So, for example, during Bad, Bad Leroy Brown, I'm supposed to get into a fight with my father about right. Tony gets all the attention and I don't, that kind of thing. Whatever that fight is, could be different every night. That's up to us to improv. Right. But you're also uh, uh, you're supposed to interact with the guests um, because it's an interactive show. And my first order of business is to find someone to slow dance with for right. the first slow dance because I don't have a date. And so I want to pick somebody attractive so, like, I could show my brother that I'm doing well. Of course. Show my father that I'm doing well. And so I used to have to find someone in the audience to drag up to slow dance, explaining uh-huh. that 
my brother's wedding and I wasn't able to bring a date and I couldn't find anybody. Could you just please dance with me? Just please slow dance with me, please. And so for that in Houston, the night that Crystal Gale was there, I asked Crystal Gale to dance with me. Did you know it was her? Or did you find out? I absolutely knew it was her. She had the hair. Oh, she did. That's a, that's a thing. Still had the hair intact. The ridiculously long hair. And my dad is a monstrous Crystal Gale fan. Oh, wow. Monstrous. Wow. So I called my dad that night and told him, guess who I slow dance with tonight? And she was lovely and fun, and she went along with it. And then she walked over to the guy playing my dad and said, I got to dance with the more handsome son tonight. Because I told her my whole story while we're slow dancing. Right. And then said, let's go over and see your dad. He was like game for it and everything. And she said, I just want to tell you, I'm so glad I got to dance with the more handsome son tonight. Very nice. Crystal Gale. What a great story. Still very attractive. I'll bet. Very long hair. Well, that's her trademark. That is her MO. (laughs) Yes. Got no choice. Uh, So you're going to this thing. I will see. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards it. I would love to go. What night is it? Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. The 15th. But it's also on, on Long Island, which is not close Typical. to New Hope at all. No. And certainly not close to Newtown, where I actually live. Um, right. But Yeah, I, uh, that's great. I, if you go, you got to, I mean, I expect texts throughout. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. You do, I just, you I don't, I, something is driving me to go there. I don't know why. I've decided you should go. Yeah, let's 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 take it out of the RTU budget. Yeah, and we'll I we'll call it business, and I'll go. Take it out of the pe- take it out of the petty cash. I'll I'll have I'll have PJ fill out a form for me. Right, the Bryce petty cash. Get it out of there. Right. That's what we call it. This is RTU. It's a sports show and stuff. We call it the Bryce petty cash. I thought it was the Bryce petty norm cash. <laughs> Richard, the Bryce Richard petty cash. Because <laughs> we talk a lot about car racing on the show. We didn't get to it tonight, but yeah, I didn't get to tune the Casey in. story. We got to wrap up. Tune in next week. Oh, the Casey story. Yeah, you save that for next week. We'll put a pin in it. It's really good. You'll like it. <laughs> Just it's along the lines again of like what the kids go through here in Pennsylvania, being like Mets fans and stuff. And I'll bet. It's, yeah. It's, it's good. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it. Wrap it up. Cal, final unload. Final unload. Geez, uh, Roy Halladay, man, that was that was a shock this week, and um, you know, you, something like that happens, and you think back, and, and we watched his whole career, and I remember when he came up. You, Steve, you too. We remember when when he was a, a prospect, and we watched his whole career. We saw him pitch. He was he was unbelievable. He threw that no hitter in the playoffs, and just to lose him so soon was was really was really a tough blow. So you know, condolences to his family, and we're thinking about Roy Halladay tonight. Yeah, I'm gonna throw a uh, birthday shout out to a former member of the show, Doctor E. Ray Stout, our good buddy Ev, the good doctor. Uh, the when good we doctor. started the show. 
almost eight years ago, in December uh, of 2009, he was uh, uh, right there with us. He used to come to my house in Bayside when we would try to do live shows. And uh, he was on the first, you know, 15 or 20 episodes or so, and, and uh, it was a great, but he's also been my friend since I'm five, um, and your friend, you know, since you're 13 or 14. Um, he's been our friend for a very long time, so happy 43rd to our buddy Ev. All right, we will see you next week. Hopefully we'll have the bishop back, and, uh, but we managed to put in two hours of sports talk tonight. Good job, everybody. Real tight, <laughs> tight two hours. Uh, thanks for uh, tuning in, Cal. Uh, have a good night, then. Good night, Steve. Good night to John Hurd. May he rest in peace. <laughs> the John Hurd Memorial Show. A little late. <laughs> We're going to do it in July. <laughs> good night, everybody. Bye.